Hey, good morning. Thanks for being here. We're going to get rolling. It's great to see everyone. It's been such a good week. We have had a whole lot of family time uh, this week, as I'm sure you have too. Uh, it's been a, it's a really good week. Um, at times, also a little challenging being at home uh, the entire week here. And so it's been a week where I've been reminiscing a lot on friendships and hanging out with people for obvious reasons because we haven't hung out with a whole lot of people. But I was thinking back to my uh, childhood and all the fun things that I did with my friends. So I want to ask this question. What kind of fun things did you guys do with your friends growing up? Um, or even now as an adult. But what kind of fun things did you guys do? I had an unusual childhood. I grew up in um, a lot of things about me are unusual. I know that's, he's nodding his head. <laughs> um, but I grew up in Guinea, West Africa. And so uh, some of the fun things we did as a kid is a big group of us um, would go out into um, the forest, into the mangroves, and we would go hunting for firewood. And we would gather all the firewood, and it was this big competition. Who had the biggest pile? And then who could tie up the biggest pile and carry it back on their heads into the village? And can I just say, I have a really, really wimpy neck muscles <laughs> because I never won that competition. But I remember one time specifically on our way back, we, we came by some mango trees and, and the mangoes were in season. And so we put the wood down and we climbed the tree and we started eating mangoes. I remember throwing rotten mangoes at each other in case you're wondering it's kind of messy but those are some fun times yeah. what about you micah you know when i was young uh, our best friends lived across the street from us and we would play over there all the time they had a big backyard and they loved baseball uh, so though i did not love baseball i played a lot of baseball when i was young uh, but my fondest memory is sleeping in their tree fort uh, in the summers we would have sleepovers in their tree fort there and uh, in the middle of the night, once their parents were asleep, we'd sneak out and we'd go to the grocery store and we would buy copious amounts of candy. And we would spend the rest of the night awake in the tree fort creating cavities. It was beautiful. Creating cavities. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you might not know this about Micah. Some of you might, but he doesn't eat desserts now. He doesn't eat much sugar. Is this why you I, don't eat maybe much sugar? <laughs> I overdosed as a child and gave it up, I guess. Well, that's probably not such a bad thing to, yeah. to give up. Uh, just so you know, I have not given up sugar. I still okay. have, have plenty of sugar. But there's something really special about friendships and relationships. There's something really powerful about those connections. Today, we want to go to the words of Jesus. We've been talking about the words of Jesus, especially in this unique time. And today we want to talk about love. Um, we talk, want to talk about relationships and, uh, and friendships. It's interesting as you read through the life of Jesus in the Bible, in the Gospels, you see that he taught quite a bit. And, and as he taught, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, often came to him to argue with him. He was often at odds with the religious leaders of the day, which is interesting. You'd think 
um, that they would recognize him. They would have recognized him. They would have known who he was, but the religious leaders did not. In fact, they often came to him with questions trying to trap him. Mm -hmm. So in this account in Matthew chapter 22, uh, the teachers, uh, the, the religious leaders of the day, um, they came to Jesus and they asked him the question, so what is the greatest commandment in the law? And so they're speaking of all of the law found in the Old Testament. What's the most important? Now, this is not the first time that question had been asked. In fact, the philosophers, the teachers, the leaders uh, of the day had been uh, debating this point uh, for, for many years, hundreds of years, uh, and had generally come to a conclusion. So Jesus gives them what in, from Israel's perspective, is the right answer. He says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Uh, this is the first and greatest commandment, uh, Jesus says. So love God with everything you have. This is most important. What a beautiful, what a beautiful thought. So Jesus here is quoting from the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, Moses is teaching the Israelites how to be in a covenant relationship with God. So the Israelites had been um, in slavery for 400 years, and God had just brought them out of slavery. And God was teaching them what it, what it looked like to be in relationship with him, to be in relationship with the God who had delivered them, who had freed them, with the God who was promising to be with them as they continued on to the promised land. And so in Deuteronomy 6, Moses says this to the people. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Like Micah said, with everything that you have, love God. Let this be the central theme of your life. And Moses continues and he talks to the Israelites about you know, talk, talk about this with your kids. As you go for walks, talk about it. As you sit at home, talk about God and talk about loving God when you lie down, when you get up. Um, he said, even on, write, write this on the door frames of your home. In fact, the Israelites even wrote these scriptures down on pieces of paper and then tied them to their person so that they would remember that this is what their life was to be about. Jesus and others have called this the greatest commandment. And when I think about that, it's kind of interesting. I mean, isn't it, it could seem a bit odd that God is commanding his people to love him. Mm -hmm. It could seem a bit strange unless you knew the context of this commandment. Here, God had loved his people dearly. He had shown his love to them by bringing them out of Egypt, by saving them, by taking care of them. And so it's in the context of God's love for his people that then he's saying, hey, love me. Love me with everything. Love me as I have loved you. It's this invitation into relationship with someone who has loved them first, an invitation to both be loved and an invitation to love. So Jesus is standing here being tested uh, by the religious leaders of the day. And, um, and, and he's answered the question correctly. And the safe bet would be to go ahead and let the conversation in there. But Jesus kind of goes out on a limb 
he decides, uh, knowing the hearts of the Pharisees mm-hmm. and the people that are testing him there, he says, but that's not quite good enough. And he goes on to answer the unasked question. He says, but there's a second commandment similar to the first that is incredibly important. And he's challenging these people. This is one you have not, but ought to be living into. He says, there's a second commandment similar to the first. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. He says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So Jesus says, the second one, similar to the first, love your neighbor as yourself is incredibly important. Now, Jesus didn't simply uh, talk about love. He lived a life of love. I mean, we can read dozens, hundreds of stories throughout Jesus' life that demonstrate the way he he lived love in his life. Uh, a love for God, yes, but also a love for people. I'm reminded of stories like uh, when Jesus enters a village and there's kids kind of flocking to him and the disciples are like, get away, he's got important things to do. And Jesus gets down and he places children on his knee and elevates them to eye level. He lived a life of love. As he would heal a leprous person, a person with a skin disease, he wouldn't just say the words and heal them, but he would reach out and touch that person. Over and over in Jesus' life, we see examples of the way he took very seriously not only his love for God, but the way he would interact with and love other people in his life. You know, it's it seems to me that you can't love God without loving your neighbor as well. It's those two things are very much related, that our love for God compels us to love neighbor. And so as we look at these commandments, love God and love your neighbor, we see that love really is the central theme of both Jesus's life and also the scriptures. Um, there's this passage further on in scripture in first John four chapter four, where John, one of the disciples of Jesus writes about love. And there's three things we really wanted to point out there. That's just beautiful. In this chapter, John writes, God is love. And it's a very simple statement. Yeah. Profound, super profound. God is love that the very essence of God is love, his nature, his character is love. In the great mystery of the Trinity and and how that works, we see this, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, somehow they exist in a relationship of love, that God is love. And so when we think about it in those terms, it's not surprising that the central theme of Jesus and of Scripture is love because Mm -hmm. scripture is a story of God. Yeah. John goes on in in the book of first John chapter four to describe that since God is love and God has loved us, we ought to love one another. Uh, It's this reciprocal Mm -hmm. love that has come from God, uh, that God has demonstrated for us and God's love in our lives uh, overflows into the lives of other people. Absolutely. John also says there is no fear in love. He writes that perfect love drives out fear. Sadly, many people approach faith all over the world out of fear. They approach God out of fear, a fear of God himself or fear of punishment. And yet fear was never intended to be the motivator for faith. Love 
was always the central theme of faith and scripture. And love is what should be motivating us to approach God in faith and to approach others. God invites us into this relationship of love with both him and others. And I love how, I know I've experienced this in my life, in those relationships that are loving, we experience healing and hope. This is how God heals our world and heals our brokenness in our life is through these relationships of love with both God and people. So then the central theme of scripture and God's very nature is love. We find ourselves in this very unique season and very challenging time in our cities, in our nation and in the world. And the words of Jesus invite us to understand the subject of love a little bit more deeply. That in this challenging season, we are invited to lean into love, that fear would not overwhelm us in this season, but instead we would intentionally choose a posture of love, love for God, love for the people around us. And First John told us that love is a powerful tool, a powerful tool that can drive out fear, a powerful tool that can heal this world. What a beautiful message. So I invite you to did you want to say something? Oh, yeah. I was going to mention, <laughs> uh, we've been talking these last couple of weeks about um, our uh, lack of ability to worship together and sing together. So Jamie's going to post a couple songs that we populated that might be good for us. The first one is called Hold Us Together by Matt Mayer. And um, it, he starts off the song at kind of in a cryptic manner saying, uh, this thing I'm about, about to tell you about, it's not going to pay your rent. Um, it's not the law of the land. Uh, it's not held of incredibly high value by many people. Uh, but this thing is all that you need. And he says it's love, a love that will hold us together and a love uh, that will uh, make us a shelter to weather the storms. And in this season, I thought the words were re really relevant. Uh, I will warn you, it's a 10-year-old song. Uh, we had to dig back a ways. Most songs are about God's love for us. And what's mm -hmm. interesting is Jesus teaches, yeah, that's important, but our love for God and our love for the world around us are also important. And there's just not as big a populated uh, yeah, list of list of songs that deal with that subject. Um, so that's a 10-year-old song that I found for you. Uh, however, uh, the Jones family uh, had another addition to that, which is uh, if you really want to throw back and uh, kind of laugh a little bit, uh, there's a Newsboys song called uh, Love One Another, and she'll post that link as well. Uh, and hopefully you can have some fun it's with that. has got great lyrics. That, and that brings yeah. me back. My first concert was DC Talk and Newsboys oh, at, awesome. like, I don't know, 13 years old. Um, so that, that's a fun one as well. We hope you enjoy that. Very cool. We want to invite you to think about how, ways in which you can love both God and people this week in this interesting context that we're living in right now. God is calling us to love mm -hmm. and that that is our mission. And it is beautiful to both be loved and to love God and others. So I invite you uh, mm -hmm. to join us as we pray over that today. Dear God, we just thank you so much for who you are. Lord, you are a God of love. And we thank you for that because that is just instrumental in our lives, Lord. The way you love us, the way you care for us changes us. And so we thank you for being love.
And God, we ask today in our lives and the lives of everybody joining us today or watching, Lord, that you would teach us to love others as you love. Teach us to see others as you see them. Lord, teach us to have compassion and kindness. Lord, to step in when we can. Lord, we, we thank you for Jesus and his example of love in our life. And we just ask that you would make us more like him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.